This life-changing message is brought to you by Strong Christian Church, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. God bless you as you listen to this message. loving us and calling us by your name and giving us a place under the shadow of your wings and by your hand guiding our lives according to your will and according to your purpose this morning having gathered in the name of Jesus by the spirit that is the gift to us is your Holy Spirit we ask that our lives would hear that which it needs to hear today and give us a heart that receives the seed on the good ground. We thank you, Father, and we bind every demonic work in our midst to disturb and to distract and to prevent them us from receiving that which you have prepared for our lives. With a yielded and a submitted heart, we say, Lord, have your way. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated and well, it's an honor and a privilege to be here this morning. Prophet Kakra is a good friend, and uh, I don't call many people friends. So when I say a person is my friend, what I mean is that the person tells me what I need to hear to guide my life against going the wrong way. Hallelujah. And truly, you are blessed to be pastored by a very good pastor and a prophet. Hallelujah. You know, when I, years ago, when I heard him preach and teach, I said to myself, this man is a man of God anointed from heaven to bless us and our generation. And my prayer for you is that you would, your life would manifest the way God intends it to because of the pastor that he has given you. Amen. Don't be a student who goes to Presec and gets, in our days, D-E-E. When you go to Presec, I mean, I don't know, some people will say Achimota, but I went to Presec. Do you get it? And as a science student, I mean, the A's and the B's are common. So when you get a C, I mean, it's like you are a non-entity. Do you get it? So I'm saying to you as a congregation, don't be a person under the best pastor and get the worst results of life. I cancel it out of your life in Jesus' name. I came with my dear wife, who I hardly get a chance. Maybe she will stand and give us a wave. And like Prophet Kakra said, she is a prophet even though she doesn't like to walk in it in the way that profits us. But at least it, it profits me in my bedroom. It profits me, so at, if she doesn't want to come forth in that way, 
I will get it and come forth with it. Amen. And uh, I want to thank and say to all the pastors that support, support Prophet, I acknowledge you and uh, please keep being faithful. The Lord will take us where he wants us to be. Amen. And it is proper for me to acknowledge our pastor, our father, Bishop Dagwood Mills, whose leadership has brought forth out of our lives the good works of God. Amen. And has delivered us from wasting our lives here on earth. Amen. Well, I normally don't give titles to my preaching, though the good thing, the proper thing to do is to give a title. And the reason is that you give one title, but as led by the Spirit, you say many things, and everybody hears different things. Are you with me? So I just have a conversation as led by the Spirit. But this morning, I think because I'm not in my own church, I'll do the proper thing. And I saw Prophet give a title, so I'll also give a title. So the title of my sermon is Take Heed, Your Life Is Not Wasted. Hallelujah. And why do I say that? Well, going through the Bible, I find a number of places and over different things that Jesus, God with us, cautions us to take heed. One of them is take heed what you hear. Another is take heed how you do your arms. And another, which is what I want to talk today about, is take heed that no man deceive you. Amen. And I'm talking about the subject of deception in relation to our lives and particularly concerning our salvation and what is expected of us. Amen. Did I say amen? But I didn't hear you respond, that's why. Oh, you have started your fast already. Yeah, so give me some amen to just warm me up. Uh-huh. Now you are, you, are, you are helping me. Good. So what I want to talk about is how that by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have entered into a relationship or a contract that has clear definitions of what is expected of us. And yet, through deception, we do contrary. Now, the Bible describes Satan, according to Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, as the deceiver. You know, in, in it describes him Satan and others, but one of the terms used to describe his work, which actually is his main work, is to deceive. Is to deceive. Now, if Satan deceives the whole world, and you are in the world, and I am in the world, should I not be careful, as Jesus said, take heed, that I am not deceived as I live my life? It is very, you see, most 
most mistakes that I have made as a doctor in my practice of medicine is because I, I was not careful. And it was not that I was not careful about huge things. No, it was because I was not careful about the simple basic things. You know, when you practice after a while, you ignore the basics. We have a doctor here as our mother of the church. And she will tell you if I'm lying. There are four things we are supposed to do when you see a patient. Inspection, uh, inspection, palpation, or inspection, I, I may mix it up, but you see, you touch, you listen, or you hear, and then, then you examine. Yeah, so it, it's the examination, in the examination, it's, cut, it's, it's put into four groups. You have to just look, just look, take a look. Touch the thing that you are seeing. Listen. Is it palpation, auscultation, percussion, and some, I've, I've forgotten the fourth one. I, I said that three, but it's four. It's four. So, so basically, you, you just have to take a survey of the patient. Impress. <laughs> <laughs> Prophet is adding prayers, which is very important. Which is very, very important. But you see, that, those were the things, when I ignored them, then I made a mistake. You have to check, inspect. Uh, yeah, you have to check. Check the under the eyes. What, what do you see? Because it will tell you a lot. So when you ignore those basic things, thinking that you know what you are doing, then that is when you discover that you make a mistake. And one particular mistake I remember making was allowing a young girl to, she said she wanted to use the bathroom, and allowing her to go, and on her way, she collapsed. As I was examining her later, I realized that if I had looked, I would have seen the whiteness of the sclera, I mean the, 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 the conjunctiva, the, when you pull the eye down. When we go to hospital and they open your eye, they are not looking for anything. They are, look, they are just seeing the color. Do you get it? Uh -huh. Just to see. Because when somebody has lost a lot of blood and is what we call anemic, everything becomes almost white. So when you see it, you know that there's something wrong and you cannot allow this patient to walk to the toilet. I was fortunate she didn't die. I remember it very well. And I, it occurred to me that when you overlook the basics, you, would, you can easily be deceived and go wrong. So I'm speaking today concerning our lives as we have received Christ and what is expected of us. Now, from the basics of what is our relationship, it starts with Genesis, where God created man for his purpose, not for man's purpose. That's the first thing. Secondly, God did not create man to spend his life looking for food and close to where. 
it, when you go to Genesis, you, you, if you read your Bible, the sad thing is many of us are, one of the deceptions is many of us being Christians and we don't read our Bible. And the message that we heard this morning from prophets is a message I will advise you and advise myself to listen to it all the time during our prayer and fasting sessions. God will speak to you and to me about many things that I need to pay attention to so that my prayers will be answered. Hallelujah. Good. So you see that God did not create man to live for himself in terms of his sustenance. But when man disobeyed God, everything changed. Everything changed. Now, when we meet Christ, when we meet Christ, Christ is, a meeting of Christ is to reverse everything. Problem, many of us have met Christ, have Christ in our lives, but we are maintaining the status quo. We are maintaining the status quo. In other words, we are maintaining our agenda. What was given to us or what we inherited through our birth. In, that, in other words, when we came into this world, the Bible says that, according to David, he said that, in sin did my mother conceive me, Psalm 51. And I was shaping in iniquity. Is that we enter as sinners and everybody that comes in this, this world comes as a sinner. A sinner is not somebody who is kissing somebody or somebody who is smoking. A sinner is a person who lives his life out of the control of God. That, that's the broad definition of a sinner. When you are not, your life is not submitted to God's control. What we describe as sin are the manifestations of a life that is not submitted to God's control. That's all. But real sin, real sin is to say to your creator, your sustainer, that I am my own and I will do what I will do with what you have given me, what I want to do, not what we want me to do. That is sin. I hope you are getting it. Good. So we, we all come into this world as such. And therefore, everybody needs to turn back to God. Everybody, that's why Jesus said, go and preach. What did he say? He says, repent. Change your mind about being your own God. About being the director of your own life. And accept that God is a better director. God is far excellent than you. And submit yourself to him so that he will take over your life and use it according to his purpose and according to his wisdom. You see, these days we don't preach repent. Because if you don't repent, you, you see, an unrepentant person comes to God or receives Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but still continues the independence. Hello? We still continue the independence. And you see, having a reason to be independent doesn't justify your independence. Oh, Bishop, what are you talking about? Are you saying I shouldn't have an ambition for my life? No, no, no. Maybe yes. Maybe yes. Because what is the ambition that you have for your life? 
I said, what is the ambition that you have in your life? You will discover that majority of humanity has ambitions about things or needs that has come out of their being alive. What do I mean? You see, because I'm breathing, I don't know or I'm not the source of my breath. But because I'm breathing, all of a sudden I need food. All of a sudden I, I need clothes. Because my mind is working, all of a sudden I, I want to have a wife, have children. I want to have a car. I want to build a house. I have to leave them inheritance. It's all because I existed or I'm existing. I compare it to the example of a car. You see, a car, for it to be a car, has needs. It needs oil, it needs brake parts, it needs fuel, it needs so many things. But you see, a car that focuses or you find a car that makes always attending to the needs of the car. What do you do with the car? What do you do with the car? What do you do with the car? Don't tell me you've not had a car before, so you don't understand what I'm saying. You see, why do you sell it? Why do you sell it? You sell it because the car is focusing, literally, is making you to attend to its needs without fulfilling its purpose for your purchase. And most humanity created the soul that belongs to God. The flesh that is sustained by God. Most humanity lives for its needs. And that's why I told you that from the beginning it was not so. I said from the beginning it was not so. And this is where many are deceived. And even though we have come to Christ, the deception is that because it has to do with your needs that has arisen out of the life that has been given to you. It is legitimate and therefore you, you must focus on it and not be focused on why you are even alive to start with. So many of us get the opportunity to earn so much. We earn so much money. I mean, I'm not talking about lazy people who don't do anything. And please, this is not a message to justify your laziness. Laziness in the Bible has no good reputation. All the verses in the Bible that talks about laziness speaks harshly against laziness. So being lazy, and I don't know why Christianity seems to attract a lot of lazy people. You think when I pray for you, then everything will be all right. You see, when you are prayed for, it generates a lot of work in your life. you be truthful when you are prayed for it generates a lot of work in your life so as a lazy person prayer will not help you I'm sorry hello that's why I'm not talking about lazy I'm talking about deception let me stay where I am so listen listen we are created or our relationship in Christ or our receiving Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, is meant to liberate us from the cares of having to live for ourselves. 
And therefore, like Ephesians says, we are created in Christ Jesus. Or, or, or is it we are, we, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good work, which God has before ordained that we should walk in. So there is a work for your life. I said there is a work for your life. It may not be preaching every Sunday and sharing the scriptures, but God has many dimensions of his work. Now, many of us live our lives, we exert our effort to acquire wealth and to acquire things, and then we just, you, we are like a car that fills the petrol, gets everything serviced, but we don't do the purpose of a car. That is to transport the owner from point A to point B. So many people work, they get a lot of money, which actually opens the door for them to do the good works that they were created. But they don't because they spend it on themselves. Many of us are spending too much on ourselves. Oh yes, many of us are spending too much on ourselves. And it is because we are deceived to think that all our lives is about our existence. So you, if you check many people's lives, there are no good works in their lives. Because we are deceived to think that spending on ourselves will make us have a fulfilled life. You will have a fulfilled life. A life that God is pleased with. A life that would even be joyous to you. When your life is spent well for the purposes of God. I mean some of you, the things you own in terms of, it's, 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 it's too much. And how many lives would have been transformed by that expense that will eternally thank God for your life? I mean, we, we stand here. We are taking offering. Prophet had to ask, a thousand get up. Meanwhile, some of us, we, we, we could give the whole offering that we have gotten today. We could give it in a flash and it would change nothing about us. Oh, Bishop, so are you saying we shouldn't drive nice things? We shouldn't enjoy nice things? Maybe that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's what I'm saying. If, 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 if having them stops you from living profitably in this world, if having them, if having them makes you live unprofitable in this world, then yes, that's what I'm saying. What is the basis of all that I'm saying? The basis of all that I'm saying is that, first of all, you are not your own. You were bought with the price, according to Peter. We are bought. We were redeemed. We belong to Satan. We belong to Satan, according to the obedience of Eve to the voice of Satan. The Bible tells us to whom you obey, that person's servant you become. The one who instructs you what to do, and when you do it, you become the person's servant. Are, are you here with me? So, hey, what is the time? Okay, I still have some. Okay, I still have some time. I'm finishing now. So, listen, I'm just trying to summarize it. And I'm saying that Jesus said we should take heed. I think it's, it's in Matthew 24, 14 or 4. Please help me. I, I, the scriptures, they don't stay in my head. Or, or I don't make the effort enough for them to stay. Let me not blame the scriptures. I think Matthew 24, 14 or 4, one of them. 
it says take heed i think it's 4 24 4. it says take heed that many not be deceived in other words please help me put the scripture up so that at least i'll not be accused of not preaching from the bible where is that where is your computer person please 24 i've told him to he doesn't want to put it maybe i didn't see him before i came I should have passed through his office. <laughs> Matthew 24, 4, please. No, he's on strike. You should have a Bible. Don't blame him. You should have a Bible. <laughs> Don't you have a Bible? Yeah. What is the warning? Jesus said and said, take heed. Take heed. And, and Jesus was not speaking to just on Christian, I mean, Christless people, he was speaking to his disciples. Whenever he spoke, his disciples were there. And he said, take heed that no one deceives you. In other words, deception is an important thing to look out for. And what is the deception here? The deception here is to be made to live for yourself instead of living for your maker and for the purpose for which you are created. That's all. That's the message. That is the message. And, and you see, the maker has a right. I said, the maker has a right to demand you live for him. Because you were a slave to Satan. And he bought you. He bought you. He redeemed you. He paid the price to have you back to himself. Yes, as his, as, as his son. Or as his children. But also as, as his servants. To serve him. To serve him. That, that's, that's what it is. So when you come to Christ and you still maintain your own agenda, you are deceived and you are allowing yourself to be deceived. Coming to Christ is so that you are delivered from living for yourself and live for God whose purpose for your life is far higher than your purpose for yourself. So today, as you hear the word, respond to it. Why does it sound strange as a church that this is our year of work? It's like, is it really? You see, it sounds strange, but it has become necessary because of the deception. It's because of the deception that to, to, to work or to live your life for God is optional. It's not optional. It's a necessity. If you understand what you signed for. And like many husbands and wives, particularly their wives, they don't understand what they signed for as they are receiving their rings. They don't understand it. And they, they start fighting the very thing they signed for. Oh yeah, it's true. Because you are praying to God, God give me a, wife, a husband. I think many more women pray for a husband than men pray for a wife. Yeah, I mean, it's true. You don't like to hear it, but it's true. Because many more women pray for a husband than men pray for a wife. Because the men, we don't have to, most men don't pray. They just keep checking.
You are praying to be checked and accepted. But we keep moving. This one, no, let's try. Sometimes you have two or three at the same time checking which one of them is working. I mean, you can ask the men. Of course, you can also ask me. Do you get it? Now, you pray for somebody to choose you. But you see, being chosen as a wife has implications. But the very thing that you prayed for, now when you are in it, you, you, are, you are praying against it. Sometimes, it, you, you, of course, it has to be deception. You are deceived to sign for something and wake up to fight the very thing you have signed for. That what you sign for, this is what it means. One, two, three, four, five. They say, no, I don't do three. I don't do four. No, I can't do five. <laughs> and, and we do the same thing with God. I say, and we do the same thing with God. When you come to God, his condition is repent. To repent me, you see, the word repentance has two meanings. There are two words, Greek and, yeah, I think Greek words that were interpreted. I think Greek and Hebrew, there's one Greek and Hebrew. They repent, there are two words. One of them is to just be sorrowful and to just feel sad about something. The other one, the other one is to change your mind about something in the light of a new knowledge that you have received. You see, that's why the prodigal son, the prodigal son is a typical example of, of how, I mean, like the, the walk with God. Repentance. It's a clear, classical example of repentance. You see, he had a mind about what he can do and about what the father is and everything by the things he said and by the things he did. But the Bible says that when he came to himself, he came to himself by realizing that my father's house has more stability. My father's house is more profitable, even as a servant, than my own house that I've tried to run. So you see, he, he came to himself by discovering that there are many wins that you, he didn't see in his father's house. That's why he judged his father the way he did. So, so when we come to God, do you get it? if we truly understand and we truly repent, you are coming to God with the decision that I accept that I have tried my own. I'm limited in knowledge. I'm limited in power. Or I don't even have power to say you are limited in power as if you have power. But you don't realize that you are nothing. Oh, me, I do. I do. You see, me, I am between life and death. I'm just a step. But the miracle of life and the miracle of God is that even though it's a step, it doesn't just happen. Hallelujah. Yeah. It, it tells us, for us I've lived, I've observed that God is superior. Even when he's a fool, he's still superior to my intelligence. So, so in, with this realization, I have decided to submit myself to God, to take over, to hand over everything, to surrender to him. Like prophet said, I don't pray for anything about myself. Lord, give me a car. Give, I, I, I don't remember the last time I prayed for anything for me. When I pray, I want to be well spent appropriately by God. Yes. And it doesn't matter my challenges as a person, the difficulties of my life, I don't, it does, it's irrelevant. Those difficulties are only because I'm alive. 
Once I'm over, once life is over, it's over. And it, it's, it's 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, it's not long. Hallelujah. So what am I saying to you? Don't take heed that you are not deceived to live your life unprofitable to yourself because there is a judgment that is awaiting all our life how it has been spent according to 2 Corinthians 5, 10. And Hebrews 9, 27 also say it. We don't think about it, but this is the deception. This is the deception. This is where it is. You are made to believe that your needs are more important than the purposes for which God has created you. It's not true. I said it's not true. Oh, Bishop, how can I, how can I uh, do the work of God and live for God when I don't have food to eat? You can. Not having food to eat and still telling somebody that God loves you. Do you get it? Actually, is you are a testimony that God can be trusted. That you trust God so much so that even when he hasn't given you food, you don't stop living for him. And you see, by, by your being hungry and still speaking counsel and encouraging words to somebody, and the person gets to know that you're hungry, he said, hey, so even in your hunger, you still can stand to encourage others. My problem is not a problem. Because many, say many people are deceived to sit on their, their problems that are no problems. And you see, the problems that they say are problems are only problems because they are focused on it. Hello. I'm ending. What am I saying? Please, put my verse there for me so that I can close. No, no, no. Second Corinthians 5.10. I'm closing with that one. And there are many such verses. And even though you don't care about it, you will care about it when it's over. You get it? So don't, let us not be deceived. Don't I have needs? I have needs. I have a lot of needs. And I've always had them. Even before I gave my life to Jesus. But that I have needs doesn't mean that my life must be wasted. No, 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 no. Because my needs are only because I'm in this body. I don't know whether when we leave this body we are going to eat. With, whether you need some trophy and, and fried yams. Or, or you need a car. Or we need a house. I don't know, I don't know. When we get there we'll find out. But you see, even in the life of needs and difficulties, I must live purposely. And many of you, in a, even a smaller way, we waste our lives into even having an ability to, to, to meet our needs easily and more efficiently. Thank you. I told, I'm told my time is up. Please give me five minutes. Having our lives, you see, many of us, God still provides for us ways of having our needs met efficiently. But because we, we are also deceived in that way, we focus on our problems. Some of us, somebody is not paying your school fees. Oh, and because of that, you say you are not going to school and you have started following bad boys. 
Go and speak to somebody, and there are people who will pay your school fees for you. Just for you to go to school. So that you can be employed in a better way. Or so that your mind can even be open and have a better understanding. So that you can earn more. But you see, the same thing that plagued you, that made you live a life without skills, is still plaguing you now that you are even in Christ. You are focusing, I don't have a husband. And every day you are praying for a husband. Why don't you pray for some souls to be saved whilst you don't have a husband? One of them may be your husband. Do you get it? So what would have happened is that because you prayed for souls to be saved, it will be counted unto you as righteousness. And yet in, the, in your prayer, your need, your, your need is also supplied. Look, let me not start another preaching. Let's get on our feet. The Bible says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one of us may receive the things done in, in, in the body. Don't, don't use it concerning fornication and other things and smoking. Please, it's not fornication smoking verse. It's about how your life has been spent whilst you are in this particular body. And I want to add to it that your best use or your most useful state in the hands of God is this state in which we are. In this state of a soul filled with the spirit living in this corrupt body. This is the most useful state that we can or we are in the, in the most useful state for God. Because God doesn't use spirit angels to preach the gospel. He uses human, sinful human beings like you and I, whose flesh has all the capabilities. And he says, still, I want to use you to do my will, to show to the enemy that my, my capabilities are not limited. Would you respond for your life to be spent profitably? Because it is to your advantage for your life to be spent profitably. You don't have to hold the microphone for your life to be spent by God. At your workplace, your conduct, your disposition will testify of the God that is in you. At the marketplace, in different places, God's work can be done. So when we talk about the work of God, we are not talking about holding a microphone and preaching. We are talking about a life that has as its focus what God wants to use it for. A life that is careful to demonstrate that God is in charge here in this life. And like I said, let, let's pray. Lift up your voice and begin to pray to the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Help us to have this revelation deep in our hearts. Deliver us from the deceptions that is operating in our lives, which makes our lives unprofitable. Unprofitable to you and to ourselves. 
our lives help us to understand how our lives here on earth is like a talent given to us for us to trade with may we occupy till you come may we trade it working in the provisions that you have made for profitable trading of our lives in the person of the Holy Spirit Lord deliver us from deception deliver us from making our needs as a God and living for it but may we see you as the true God who by obedience and by following you our needs will be met thank you Holy Spirit thank you Jesus oh hear our cry turn our hearts give us understanding that we may walk appropriately considering that our lives must be lived profitably thank you Holy Spirit for being near to us to guide us to show us to teach us to comfort us to give us strength and to guide us into every truth that we need to walk in we thank you we give you praise as every head is bowed and every eye closed I said at the beginning that everybody who comes into this world comes into this world as a sinner as a person who is not submitted to God even though God is a sustainer of our lives and for our lives to be profitable we first need to repent and turn to God and receive him as the God who knows all and as the power by which our lives must be guided and this we do by receiving Jesus Christ as the way and as the truth and the life by receiving Jesus Christ as a son of God who came to die on the cross he was pierced his blood was shed that would bring us remission of our sins and that will cause us to be accepted to God he died and rose again and that gives us the hope of living again when our lives here on earth is over with God as every head is bowed and every eye closed you want to say pastor I want to repent and come to God just as I am lift up your right hand wherever you are let me pray with you lift it up high lift it up high so that I can I can you lifted up your hands I want you to come forward for some two minutes please come quickly and I feel that many of us must do the right thing don't take heed that your life is not wasted take heed to have your life spent profitably you lifted up your hands I wanted to come I want to pray with you some of us we want to rededicate our lives I want you to join in also you want to say pastor I did it some years ago but I've made a complete mess of it and I want to start afresh come quickly come quickly come come, come quickly I need to close come quickly don't allow the enemy to deceive you don't allow the enemy remember his main work is to deceive you to turn away from what God is offering you to change course from the good cause that God has laid before your life
lift up your hands to the Lord. Congregation, join in. Let's pray together. I want you to say to God, follow me in this prayer, but let it be from your heart as you speak to God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me just as I am. Today I come to you and I repent of being my own boss, of being my own God. And I come to you as a true and the living God to submit my life to your will and to your purpose. To obey you and to do your will. I receive Jesus Christ as the way, the truth and the life. I receive him as your son who came to die for my sins. Who rose again on the third day, seated at your right hand. Jesus, by this prayer, I receive you into my heart as my Lord and as my Savior. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit that I may walk and do your will in this life. Thank you for my salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. Stay in touch by following our social media platforms at Strong Christian Church.